more powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Oh, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Yes, it's Superman. Strange visitor from another planet who came to Earth with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men. Superman, who can change the course of mighty rivers, bend steel in his bare hands, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, Kyle Vanner's reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, fights a never-ending battle for truth. Justice as the American way. Now, another exciting episode in the adventures of Superman. Easy, miss. I've got you. you you've got me. Who's got you? Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. This amazing stranger from the planet Krypton. The man of steel. Superman. More powerful than a locomotive. To leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Geek Welcome to Geek Fight, the Ponzi scheme of podcasting. I'm Damon Shaw. Uh, with me, as always, is Mr. Mike Ortiz. Mike, what are we fighting about today? Well, we've been talking about this all year, uh, building up to uh, the Man of Steel. Uh, it's been uh, the six months of Superman, and tonight we are doing the best of Superman. So, uh, who's with us tonight? Hey, in honor of this fight, I am wearing red underwear inside my pants. Brian Talton! Say hello. Hello. Look over to the sky. It's a bird. No, no, it's a train. It's Superman. Da, 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 da. Chuck Farrell. Yeah, this is Chuck Farrell off the coast of Somalia. Lieutenant Greg Trahan. Oh, yeah, Greg. I'm just hoping this doesn't turn into a George Reeves film. Oh, that'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> we should have just put George Reeves on there. Uh, but uh, how do the fights work, Mike? Uh, well, we've got uh, 32 Superman-related things chosen by the panelists and other people. Uh, we put them in these uh, tournament-style brackets, which you can download from our website at geekfights.net. Uh, we put one against another, put it to a vote. Each of us gives our reasons. The winner moves on. And this keeps happening until we have a winner, until we have the best of Superman. Uh, use your own geek logic. I don't have to do this thing anymore. All right. Let's I, I'm start. serious. I'm not going through that. I'll tell, I'll tell the beginning part. But if you haven't figured out about geek logic now. We could still have new listeners. Maybe this is the episode that, that puts us over the top and saves geek fights. <laughs> well, Superman would save the day. It could. It could. But uh, Mike. First fight is yours. Ooh. It is Jor-El, Superman's daddy, versus Truth, Justice, and the American Way. This, uh, this, this particular show is going to be one of the toughest ones that I, I've ever done because uh, I've made my love of Superman known many, many times. And this is a killer one right off the bat because uh, I love Jor-El and uh, especially Jor-El from the movies. And I was going to you know, recite the the stuff that Brando says that, uh, that Crow says, cause I think they're great lines and, and they're, they're done great. 
but I'm going to vote for truth, justice in the American way, because that, you know, when I put this on the list, it was a stand in for just the whole concept of the super boy scout of the guy that always does right. Um, and for me, that's, that's kind of the heart of Superman. That's really what makes him who he is. It's not Jor-El. Jor-El gave him the DNA and in the movies, Jor-El kind of guided him, but that wasn't really always the way in the story. And in the comics, Jor-El shot him off into space and didn't, you know, intend him as some Messiah with a, a purpose or anything like that. And in the earliest stories, you know, Jor-El's barely even mentioned, uh, just so, just like the, uh, Mon Paquette. but truth, justice in the American way is there from, uh, page one, panel one of action comics. And, uh, it will be there as long as there's a Superman or in America, <laughs> Jason. Uh, uh, God, just right off the bat with a tough one, a really tough one. Cause, uh, I admire the sacrifice that Jarrell made. I, my, I, that's, I think that's my favorite thing about him. You know, he's, he's always been portrayed you know, in different ways as a scientist or as a politician or, you know, as a philosopher. But at the end of it, he's making the ultimate parental sacrifice. And, but and on the other side of the coin, you've got truth, justice, and the American way. At the very heart of it, of Superman, is truth and justice and the American way for all its good meal. So I think I'm going to have to go with Mike here and vote truth, justice and the American way. Brian. Truth, justice and the American way is the thing that makes Superman different than gladiator or Mr. Majestic or any of those other, you know, alpha class heroes, you know, in various comic companies. Truth, justice, and the fact, the fact that Superman fights for just, you know, basic human dignity, the basic concept of truth, the basic concept of justice for everyone, and, you know, as it's interpreted through the American way, democracy and freedom, the uh, unalienable rights of uh, truth and happiness and all that kind of crap, that's what makes Superman Superman. Otherwise, he'd just be somebody else. So, truth, justice, in the American way. Plus, that's a great, great uh, comic. What's wrong with truth, justice, in the American way? I love that series. Truth, justice, in the American way. Truth, justice, in the American way has three votes. Uh, Chuck? I'm going to go for Jarrell because uh, when I was a kid in first and second grade and throughout all elementary school, one of my best friends' name was Jarrell, all right? And I'll never forget, in second grade, with Mrs. Clarice, when she was calling out the name, she said, Charles Farrell, Evan Gallagher. She said, Jarrell Vaccaro. Jarrell, that's an interesting name. Where did your parents come up with that name? And my friend said to our second grade teacher, well, my parents saw that movie Superman and thought it was really good, so they named me after my uh, after uh, Superman's father, Jarrell. <laughs> Jarrell. Uh, vote for Jarrell and Mr. Trahan. Oh, I think it's going to be pretty obvious. It's going to be truth, justice, in the American way because, I mean, that's what I believe in. And, you know, I think that a lot of the recent Superman stories have kind of gotten away from it. So, and Jarrell, you know, like, they really don't mention it, but in Smallville, like, that version of Superman, Jarrell was kind of a dick. 
and he was a dick, and it was really, you know, Pa Kent that made him believe in truth, justice, and American life, so he's Superman's real dad, in my opinion. All right, truth, justice, and the American way is moving on. We're on to our next fight. Jason, this one is yours. It is Kryptonian Powers versus the Reign of the Supermen. Oh, God, another tough one, because the Reign of the Superman, that's that came out of Death of Superman, right? With yeah. Iron, okay, Steel and New That was Superman. the four uh, fake Superman. Yeah, uh, the Eradicator and Cyborg Superman. Yeah. A lot of lore that was added from there I really liked. I liked Connor, and I like I definitely like John Henry Irons. But, I mean, his, powers, his power set is without equal. I, I don't think... I think you could go anywhere and, you know, even guys like Goku, I don't think they stack up against Superman because of that Kryptonian power set. That whole, every day he wakes up and he's just a little bit stronger than he was than, uh, the night before when he went to bed. So, uh, I'm going to vote for Kryptonian powers. Brian. Yeah, well, interestingly enough, Okay, Kryptonian powers versus the reign of the Superman. One of the things that you know made the reign of the Superman suck, at least in my opinion, was the fact that none of those guys had the full range of Kryptonian powers. And therefore, if you don't have the full range of Kryptonian powers, how are you going to step in and be Superman? You can be Steel. You can be maybe Superboy. You can be some other guy who wants to stay out as the Superman. But if you don't have Superman's set of powers, you can't be Superman. So, I'm going to vote for the Kryptonian power set. Uh, another vote for the power set. Ch-ch-chuck! Hey, um, alright. I'll admit that, you know, in sheer power, uh, the Kryptonian powers are more powerful. However, I'm going to vote for Reign of Superman uh, just because of the fact that um, Superman, I love Superman, don't get me wrong, but unfortunately... To a certain extent, it's been a one-trick pony across the line. However, after the death of Superman, they had to kind of get creative. They had to come up with like four different Supermen, a uh, whole new idea. And, and, you know, when push comes to shove, most people will forget the reign of Supermen. But I'm going to vote for it just because I think it was like a, a moment in time where they tried to kind of get a little creative think outside of the box from traditional Superman. So that's why I'm voting for it. Uh, vote for the reign of the Superman. Uh, Greg? Um, I would have to say Kryptonian powers. I mean, Kryptonian powers is pretty much just like the golden gun of the DC universe. I mean, it, like you said, he's, he's, a, he's a class A hero, and pretty much nothing can beat it except magic or black holes, kryptonite. But still, you get the point. Uh, vote for Kryptonian powers. It has three. Mike? Uh, I will vote for Reign of the Superman. Um, and, uh, I mean, I, I'm glad to talk about Kryptonian powers later, but uh, I do want to say that I, I actually like the reign of the Superman um, just a, on a personal kind of favorite level. I know it, it's not as important. Uh, although like, like you pointed out, it, it, it did introduce a lot of elements in Superman that are, are mainstays in the mythology now. And, uh, but a lot of it also didn't stick, but I just, I just plain enjoyed it. I mean, I thought those people always bash nineties comics and for me, Superman comics, they're among those bashed because of the super mullet and all of that. But uh, they, 
Those were those are some great guys. I mean, it's Roger Stern and Jerry Ordway and Dan Jurgens and, and people who had been on the book a long time before it was a hyped book. Um, when it was a book kind of by Superman fans, uh, for Superman fans, or at least fans of this particular Superman. Some people don't like that interpretation. Uh, so I thought it was a great story. Um, but Superman superpowers are moving on. Here, here. Thank you for that. Uh, next fight is yours, Brian. It is Birthright versus the supercomputer from Superman 3. Should be an easy fight. Yeah. Um, everything about Superman 3 was, you know, an abomination, which means it should have been fine against the Hulk, but nothing to do with Superman. So, uh, Birthright, which I did actually kind of like. Uh, vote for birthright, Chuck. Hmm. I put the uh, I actually put the supercomputer on this bracket just kind of uh to mix things up a little bit. I admit birthright is better, and I know it's going to win, and that's why I'm voting for the supercomputer. Supercomputer gets a vote, Greg. Um, Superman birthright. I really like Mark Wade, and I have a feeling that we'll see you know a lot of birthright in the new upcoming Superman movie. So definitely, definitely that. And I would think that Superman three is like the Star Trek five of the Superman series. So definitely it, birthright. A great Richard Fryer movie. You mean okay. the best one? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Mike? Uh, well, just for that, I'm going to vote for Superman uh, three supercomputer because uh, I liked Star Trek five. Uh, and I actually kind of liked large portions of Superman 3. Like, Supercomputer wasn't necessarily one of them, but what the hell, I'll vote for it. It's all tied up. Comes down to you, Jason. Which one takes the win? Yeah, I like Superman 3 a lot, uh, especially the Supercomputer. I, I liked, you know, there was still a point in time where, you know, Hollywood was trying to make people a little bit afraid of computers. And, you know, it, it you know, had a kryptonite ray and it did that cool little bubble thing and it, could turn a woman into a cyborg, uh, but you know it was undone by a little red screw for a minute there. But birthright is my uh, origin story of choice for Superman. I, I love so much of what they did in there, uh, all the little touches, and I would gladly sacrifice Daredevil and the Indestructible Hulk if it meant that Mark Wade could be back at DC writing uh, a Superman book. So Birthright. Uh, vote for Birthright. Birthright is moving through. We're on to our next fight. Chuck, this one is yours. Uh, I guess it's technically easy because the Kryptonian powers are moving on, but it is Flight versus the Superman family. Hmm. This is a tough one. Um, hmm. Jeez. I'm going to go with Flight just because it's awesome. Uh, vote for yeah. flight, uh, Greg. Um, this is a tough one. I mean, I'm not terribly familiar with flight, like a, but um, I think the family in general. I mean, my my uh, my level market that uh, measures mostly the Batman family, but definitely the Superman family, especially crypto. Uh, vote for the super dog, the Superman family, Mike. Uh, I'm I'm going to vote for flight. I mean, even though technically it's part of the Kryptonian powers, uh, it is something kind of unique unto itself. I mean, it is a strong visual representation for Superman. 
Uh, it's to some degree that's why the cape uh, is such an iconic part of Superman, and flight is one of those. You know, I would love that superpower. I have dreams about flight. I mean, it's one of those kind of classic, uh, iconic ding uh, dreams or fantasies. Uh, and that's one of the things that I think was so engaging about Superman. I mean, they they built the ad campaign of the movie, but you'll believe a man can fly, not you'll believe a man can lift heavy objects or shoot lasers out of his eyes. A vote for flight. Jason. I love flight, but in the Superman family, you have Supergirl and Power Girl who are the same person. And that means there's two of them, the Superman family. It is all tied up. It comes down to you, Brian. Which one takes the win? Well, um, the, there's two of them, which in this case, there's actually four of them. Um, <laughs> notwithstanding, flight was not even an original part of Superman. He didn't fly. He could leap an eighth of a mile. He could leap tall buildings in a single bound. So the Superman family includes Supergirl, Power Girl, Crypto, and the super monkey and uh, you know I'm invoking one of numerous geeks like president uh, presidents here in terms of saying everything is better than with monkeys and monkeys must win so Superman family and the Superman family is moving on I forget how terrifying that is <laughs> you're going Superman family I, as well the, uh, <laughs> the monkey argument uh, cannot, cannot be defeated here uh, all right. Uh, next fight is yours, Greg. It is Clark Kent versus the greatest character ever created in all of Superman history, Nuclear Nuclear Man. Jesus. Clark Kent's a pussy. So, I mean, Nuclear Man, granted, it's Nuclear Man and Clark Kent. I mean, you can't have Superman without Clark Kent, but you separate the two of them, which I'm looking at as I'm looking at solely Clark Kent. I just I just want to beat him up. He's that pathetic. So I'm going to have to go nuclear man, just on principle. Nuke man, doo doo. Mike, uh, I I vote for nuclear man. Jesus Christ, um, Jason, this is this is uh this is insane. This is bad. Clark Kent is who he is. You know, you know, uh. Superman is his uh, stage name, and Kal-El is his birth name, but neither of those things define who he is. Uh, the son of Jonathan and Martha Kent defines so much of who he is. You can't, you can't have Superman without Clark Kent. You can't separate them for any moment in time. It just it doesn't work. Any other person on Earth with those powers is you know, the Plutonian, so it's got to be Clark Kent. Uh, vote for Clark Kent. Brian. Yeah. Um, Superman without Clark Kent is, like you said, it's the Plutonian or he's the Sentinel, excuse me, the Sentry or, or whatever else. Besides, Nuclear Man is from Superman 4. And Superman 4 makes Superman 3 look like Superman 2. It is diverse. So... Anything that has the taint of Superman 4 on it cannot even be considered for the best of Superman. And who, 
who doesn't love a taint? Uh, it is all tied up. It comes down to you, Chuck. Which one takes the win? Oh, boy. Uh, all right. I was going to vote for um, Nuclear Man, but now that it's tied up, uh, I mean, Nuclear Man did help cause Superman to help destroy nuclear tensions by the same idea of tossing a whole bunch of nuclear missiles into a net in space and then kind of slingshotting them into the sun. However, Superman 4 um, is made basically like the worst crime since Kosovo. So I will uh, vote for Clark Kent, despite the fact that his disguise is a small pair of glasses and Lois Lane suddenly realizes that Clark Kent is Superman when he accidentally drops his glasses into the fireman uh, in Superman 2, among other things. But, um, I mean, Clark Kent, you know, he is iconic, iconic, iconic. Ding! Clark Kent. Clark Kent is moving on. We're on to our next fight. Mike, this one is yours. It is Lois Lane versus the original Superboy. Uh, since I consider the original Superboy to be technically more in the Superman family, and that's already moved on, um, I will vote for Lois. Uh, she has been there from the beginning since Action Comics number one. I am because uh, I actually would like to bang Erica Durant more than uh, Tom Welling. Because he was basically Superboy. Uh, yeah, yeah, I got, I got that. Uh, a vote for Lois Lane, Jason. Uh, going back to the previous fight, just for a second, Lois Lane is fooled by the glasses because she's not looking at Superman's face; she's looking at his package. Uh, Lois Lane, I've had, I've, she's annoyed the crap out of me over the years, but then you get to Birthright, and Birthright. This might be the reason it's my favorite origin story. It actually made me like Lois Lane as a character. And I'm hoping Amy Adams continues that. And Eric Durant is pretty fucking hot. So, Lois Lane. Uh, vote for Lois Lane. Brian. Well, to be perfectly honest, um, the Lois Lane that most people hate is not the Lois Lane from the 30s and the 40s when she was basically Rosalind Russell from the front page. You know, she was a woman in a fighting in a man's game and giving it better and giving better than she got. The worst name that people hate is the post World War Two fifties era Lois Lane, who, you know, was just an insufferable bitch. But, you know, she's also unfortunately reflective of, of women's roles post-World War II. Um, Lois Lane, the whole Lois Clark Superman triangle is essentially what kind of defines that character and makes that character more interesting, you know, than, than a lot of other sort of pulp or, or pop culture characters in the fact that, you know, Lois loves Superman or excuse me, she's attracted to Superman because Superman is essentially shiny, but she loves Clark because Clark is a good guy. Not realizing that Lois, that, I mean, that Clark and Superman are essentially two sides of the same coin. And 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 in terms of, oh, Lois is stupid. She can't tell because he's doing whatever he's dancing on. Look, everybody who saw that first Superman movie, if, you still, if you're still making that complaint, you're the idiot. Because Christopher Reeve showed you how it's done. It's Superman just 
plays the role of making Clark look not like Superman so that he can not be Superman, so that he can have some space and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, Clark and Superman are around the same size and they have similar features, but when you know Christopher Reeve does that whole thing where you know he throws his shoulders back and pulls off his glasses and you totally and completely see the difference between Clark and Superman. So essentially Lois is is a great character who who, you know, gets a lot of shit. Kinda like Superman. So I'm gonna vote for uh Lois Lane. Lois Lane gets another vote. Chuck. I'm going to go for Lois Lane because one of the main reasons Superman tries to save the human race is because he likes uh, Lois Lane. Is it a clean sweep there, Greg? No, 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 no. This is no clean sweep. Honestly, I think, you know, Lois Lane is brought up a lot as someone who grounds Superman, who gives him his humanity, his connection to the entire, to, you know, universe and, and human race along with his parents, and they, they really explore that well in uh, Injustice, God's Among Us. But let's not forget that Superboy punched and broke reality. He punched time, and he changed everything. And if that's not overpowered, then I don't know what is. I mean, if he can punch time, he can punch Lois Lane. So, Superboy. All right, a vote for Superboy, but Lois Lane is moving on into the next round. We are on to our next fight. Jason, this one is yours. It is Zod, Neil before Zod versus Kryptonite. Whew. I mean, if there was ever a bigger metaphor for you can't go home again, it's Superman's life. I mean, pieces of his home can kill him, and then one of his father's colleagues, I guess. I mean, they weren't friends or they weren't friends in anything I've read. It depends, I guess, on which particular continuity you want to, yeah. to, uh, to accept. Oh, God. How can they vote against Terrence Stamp and Michael Shannon? I mean, Kryptonite... Kryptonite is the weakest story-wise of Superman's vulnerabilities. You know, I, 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 I'm going to vote for Zod because really Kryptonite's more of a plot device than it is anything else. A vote for Zod, Brian. Well, let's do this as a physical fight. Zod versus Kryptonite. Zod leaps out and Kryptonite lies there. And then quickly radiates that till he's dead. I vote for Kryptonite. I'll vote for Kryptonite. Chuck. Who is this Superman? Come, come and your famous Superman. Come and your for Zod. I mean, come on, man. Zod is awesome. Zod. I'll vote for Zod. Greg. I'm going to break this down as a very simple, basic, traditional geek fight. Kryptonite kills Zod. Kryptonite wins. A uh, vote for Kryptonite. It is all tied up. Comes down to you, Mike. Which one is moving on? Uh, this is simple. Uh, Zod's weakness is Kryptonite. And I, I love General Zod. I was on a podcast called The Zod Complex. But uh, General Zod uh, cannot beat Kryptonite in a fight. And even as a Superman villain. I mean, Zod was a minor character in, in the comics. 
And then he was in the two movies, and now he's in another movie, and popped up in the comics again for a little while. But really, he wasn't even the main Phantom Zone villain until Superman 2. Uh, whereas uh, Kryptonite, there's... And, you know, hopefully, now since it's moving on, maybe later on, this doesn't necessarily mean green Kryptonite. There's a shitload of different colors of Kryptonite. And uh, and all of them have different uh, things that they've brought to the Superman myth. And uh, and it's... Uh, it's kind of it's the key. It's it's one of the big iconic parts of Superman. Kryptonite is moving on. We're at our first unknown fight of the evening. Uh, Brian, this one is yours. It is whatever happened to the Man of Tomorrow versus Karen's pick, which I sent everybody but uh, Greg because Greg just hopped on last minute. Uh, but it is uh, Man of Steel, Woman of Tissue, which it is an essay. From a woman of Kleenex, which is an essay from 1971 talking about how the reason why Superman actually can't have sex or have a uh, baby with a human woman or with one human woman. <laughs> uh, but Brian, that one's yours. I really like Man of Steel, Woman of Kleenex. Um, it's just, it's just awful. It is just awful when they go into the uh, the the physics of involved of what would happen if Superman really just, you know, got his super Mac on with Lois Lane. However, it also represents the, the, the beginning in my mind of the, of the kind of super nitpicking and munchkinning that I think in a lot of ways is, is a, been a really, really real, real detriment to modern comics. And it's not just my opinion. Um, it's also held forth is that you know in the uh, unauthorized biography of Superman written by Glenn Weldon that that particular essay sort of you know is at the point represents the point when fans start just spending too much time concentrating on the real world aspects of not just Superman but superhero characters in general and and I think that that kind of Focusing on well, in reality this and reality that has has taken a lot of the fun and the whimsy and a lot of you know the entertainment value you know out of out of out of out of modern comics. We got too many. Me personally, I know that appeals to a lot of people, and that mindset is held by a lot of people. But I mean, it's just yeah. Sometimes you want stories to be more mature. But at the end of the day, you want them to be fun, and it's. I think it's also it kind of limits kind of the accessibility of a lot of the, of superhero comics because now since everything has to be more gritty and more realistic, you know, comics are, are, are you know skewing more towards adults, whereas kids don't need to know you know all the details of that. And the kid wouldn't care, you know, that you know you know a single sperm from Superman's ejaculate would probably punch a hole through Lois Lane's head. They think it would be cool if Superman and Lois Lane got together and had a baby. And then what would happen after that? And, you know, and, 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 and so from that, and, 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 and homage to that mindset, I'm going to vote for, uh, whatever happened to the man of tomorrow. Yeah, that, thank you. All right, a vote for whatever happened to the man of tomorrow, which is also a great Superman story. Uh, Chuck. Right, so it was whatever happened to the man of tomorrow. What was the name of that essay? Uh, man of Steel, Woman of Kleenex. 
Yeah, I'm voting against that woman of steel one or whatever the hell, because um, as usual, feminism has destroyed the phone of everything. Not only are they against men, they're also against supermen. Okay, and, and super supermen can have a kid. Yeah, exactly. Superman have oh, the mechanics supermen having sex with a chick. All right. Well, first of all, what if she's on top? Or furthermore, what if like you know, there's artificial insemination, like you just jacks off into like a kryptonite condom? Okay, it's possible. Uh, all right. <laughs> uh, vote for whatever happened to the mayor tomorrow. Uh, Greg. Um, all right. So, me and I still want Kleenex. Me and my friends have been entertaining ourselves with this for years. I mean, it's written by Larry Niven, which, if you don't know, he's pretty much a sci fi god. Um, but I mean, it's just not in the Superman, you know, context. It's, it's not Superman. Superman is very clean, very wholesome, and that this is just the opposite of all that. Uh, and I would say that whatever happened to Man Tomorrow is like one of the greatest comic uh, graphic novels I ever read. Uh, definitely tied in the entire Superman universe and mythos, and gave it a really, really nice ending. You know, the little wink at the end that definitely brought it home to me. So. Uh, whatever happened in the man of tomorrow? Uh, vote for whatever happened to the man of tomorrow. Superman jerk, jerks off on the moon in the essay, though. Uh, Mike, it, uh, there's a whatever happened to the man of tomorrow already has three points. But go ahead, Mike. Um, well, I uh, I actually I'm not particularly critical of of the the Larry Niven piece. It, it, it is written by a science fiction author. It's an essay. Uh, meant to be kind of a a, a sci-fi essay, and then looking at this type of stuff is is totally. A part of that, and and yeah, I mean, it's got things about Superman having wet dreams and blowing the roof, you know, holes in the roof of the Kent house, and then the sperm wouldn't die; they'd just be flying around, and try to fertilize everything. So it's a really bizarre, fun uh, take, um, but it's it's not it's not really a Superman thing. It's just kind of this sort of whimsical look, and I think it's intended to be. I mean, clearly intended to be funny. But uh, whatever happened to the Man of Tomorrow was a great example of how uh, when they rebooted Superman, uh, the basic problem was, well, you know, he needs to be modernized and he didn't connect with an older audience and all these changes that need to be made. And this was the last story of the classic silver bronze age Superman. And Alan Moore came in and wrote that character, but wrote it really, really well. And it just kind of reminded you before this reboot, that usually the problem is not that there's anything wrong with the characters. It's just, they, they just need to get a writer who's writing stories that are, are connecting with people a little bit more. So the characters themselves can, can adjust. And this was a, a, a look at that character, as, but kind of through adult eyes, but not in a mocking way or a deconstructive way. So really it just kind of showed that, that maybe Superman was working or could have worked, uh, as he was, it just, uh, needed to be in some new hands. Um, and, uh, so yeah, it's a great story. A uh, vote for whatever happened to the man of tomorrow. Uh, Jason, is it a clean sweep? Yeah, it's a clean sweep. Uh, this is the interesting thing about Alan Moore. He, I, as a person, I find him infuriating and obnoxious as a writer. I find him usually just goddamn amazing. Thank you. That was brief. <laughs> Whatever happens to the man tomorrow is moving on. We're on to our next fight. Chuck, this one is yours. Uh, it is, I'm in awe of you. 
versus Mr. Mixelplick. Or Mix, Mix Yes Pilik. Whatever. I'm going to go with uh, Mixelplick just because he's like a weird, wacky, offbeat Superman villain. Um, kind of campy, kind of very early, almost golden age, kind of in the spirit. Um, and he's fun, and I enjoy him, and I even like him in the comics, even in the cartoon. Um, I think he's kind of like a refreshing change from kind of like maybe like a doomsday. He's kind of like the opposite spectrum of that, you know what I mean? All right. A vote for Mr. Mixelplick. Uh, Greg? Um, I'm in awe of you. It's good. But Mr. Mixoplex is definitely uh, one of the better ones. I would have to say some of his uh, best. I mean, he's, he's good, he's fun, he's campy. But there's definitely, I forget what the story was, but Mr. Mixoplex kind of comes back and, you know, says, like, do you really think I would be messing with you if, you know, with these kind of powers? And, you know, shows that he's just a truly insane, all-powerful know, fifth-dimensional, you know, evil creature that, you know, up until now had not been evil. And those kind of powers, I think, definitely make him a lot more serious a villain than other people really give him, you know, credit for. So, Mr. Mixplex. A vote for Mixplex Pitalik. Mike? Um, I will, uh, I will vote for Mixplex Pitalik. Mr. Mixplex? As three votes. Jason, what is yours? Uh, well, I, I'm going to clarify first. Uh, it's not so much the line, I am in awe of all of you. It's more the mentality. Here's the man with the most powerful, or the most power in the, on the entire planet. And what, who does he look up to? He looks up to the average person who faces death and injury and illness and old age at every turn. And he faces none of these things. He can walk through life without fear. So he looks up to us. It's that's what makes Superman a cut above the rest. And that's that's why I put it up here. And I wish I would have clarified it earlier. But I'm clarifying it now. I am in awe of all of you. Oh, why thank you. I'm in awe of you too. Uh Brian. <laughs> yeah, that's the one I'm from uh All Star Superman, right? Isn't that where that's from? I'm in awe of all of you. Isn't that from uh, Earth? It's Earth One, one Volume two. two. Yeah, Earth One Volume. When he two. loses his powers. Oh, I didn't read it. Okay, but anyway, and well, if it was from All Star Superman, I would have voted for it. But I got a whole Earth One Volume Two crap. I don't care about it. So I'll vote for uh, Mixius Pitlick. And Mixius Pitlick is moving on. Although I think he would like Earth One a little bit, pieces of it. But uh, Miscus Little is moving on. We're on to our next fight. Greg, this one is yours. It is the red trunks. Actually, the red underwear. Fuck trunks, they're underwear. Versus Doomsday. Um, I don't know. I used to used to wear my underwear outside my pants. Pretend I was Superman a lot, too. No crap, this is going to be on the internet. Um, but... Doomsday is like one of those ultimate villains, and I think they kind of wrote themselves into a corner where Doomsday can always come back. And I think that D, that wasn't necessarily one of the best things DC's ever done, but I really like the Superman Doomsday storyline, and I get a vote for it because of that. 
Uh, vote for Doomsday, Mike. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I like the red trunks. I don't have a problem with it. I think that, uh, that the costume still worked, but I also don't have a problem with the costume without them. Uh, the costume evolves and changes. Uh, I'm fine with that. It still looks Superman enough for me. It's got the S it's got the Cape, it's got the blue tights. It's just something's not there that was there before. Hey, when he started off, he had kind of sandals, uh, in action comics, number one, and the S was totally different. And, you know, the character can evolve, evolve to, to match its time. And maybe they'll come back. Maybe they won't. But uh, I personally don't miss them. So was that a vote for Doomsday? Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Jason. Yeah, I don't exactly miss the trunks either. Or underwear. However you want to say it. I, you know, I noticed that they were gone when they first showed art, of course. But uh, I don't miss them. Doomsday is a cool story. I mean, they were all set to marry Lois and Clark in the comics, and then uh, ABC said, nope, we're going to marry him first. And so a, a joke in an editor's meeting led to Doomsday's creation because they would always joke when they were hurting for stories, let's just kill him. And so when that guy cracked the joke in that particular editor's meeting, they all looked around the room at each other and said, yeah, let's just kill him. So the death and rebirth of Superman can be laid at the feet of Lois and Clark. So that was a vote for Doomsday? Yes, Doomsday. <laughs> Brian? Yes, me. I, I miss the Red Trunks. I don't ever care if Doomsday comes back. But I'm voting for the Red Trunks. A vote for the Red Trunks and Chuck. Definitely voting for Doomsday. Uh, when I was a kid, Superman was really cool. And then when like the whole Death of Superman came out, I remember like having my parents drive me around to finally find a place that actually wasn't sold out of the Death of Superman. And when I found it, it's like Doomsday. Oh my God, he was crazy. He was just beating the shit out of Superman. We all knew Superman was probably going to come back, but it was just mm. a novelty at the time. But, you know, what a badass film. Definitely Doomsday. Uh, vote for Doomsday. And uh, yeah, Doomsday is moving on. You didn't know Superman was coming back, but it, because at that point, very few characters had actually come back from the death. Uh, from you knew death. Superman was coming back. You didn't know. It Everybody wasn't absolute. Knew. It was. But 100%. the lead up to the reveal of Doomsday is fucking amazing. I, wasn't it like seven or eight issues of just Doomsday hitting things occasionally in issues? Just hitting on yeah. a wall. That was Doomsday's introduction. I love his lead up. And then he kills Superman. So, But Doomsday is moving on. Mike, this next fight is yours. It is the Donner film versus Superman from Red Sun. Uh, I enjoy Superman from or, or the Red Sun uh, storyline quite a bit, but uh, it did not make me a Superman fan, whereas the Donner movie did, uh, as we uh, discussed in our commentary. Uh, so the Donner film. A uh, vote for the Donner film, uh, Jason. Uh, I can't. I can't vote against the Donner film. At least, not yet. And I'm not even sure where that yet would come at. And Red Sun's all right, but uh, the Donner film. What am I going to do? Donner film. A uh, vote for the Donner film, Brian. The only movie that I have seen more times than. Uh, Superman, the movie, is uh, Snoopy Come Home. 
I love the Donner film, and it is the standard to which I hold all other superhero genre movies. So I will vote for the Donner film. Donner film already has three votes. Chuck, what's yours? Um, now, what do we mean exactly by the Donner film, like Superman 1 and 2, or the, like the, the recut later on, the re-release? One. Just yeah, one. I was thinking That's, just Superman. Oh, just, yeah. just one? Because um, yeah. everything right, else uh, is a real gray area. Okay. I'll give an honorable mention to Red Sun, because I think it's cool. Like, hey, what if Superman was like kind of like on the other side of the hemisphere? I thought it was a cool concept. But yeah, Superman 1, I can't vote against that Donner film. A uh, vote for the Donner film and Greg. Oh wait, Red Sun. Sorry. What's that? Uh, he voted for Red Sun, but go ahead. Um, this is a tough one. I mean, I I love the the Superman symbol and the fact that it's actually technically a weapon in one of the the, the films. I mean, that kind of helps it out. I mean, but the Donner film was definitely definitely one of the better ones and especially the the Donner like version that they put out the uh, the authoritative Donner version of Superman 2 I think awesome so I could vote for the Donner film Donner moving on on to our next fight Jason this one is yours it is Captain Marvel also known as Shazam versus the Cape Man, I, uh, as much as I love Captain Marvel, I mean, you know, he's a kid who says a magic word and becomes a superhero, and he has a talking fucking tiger. You don't fuck with Superman's cape. They wrote songs about that shit. It's the cape. Brian? Yeah, actually, the whole Captain Marvel Superman thing is actually one of my least favorite things about Superman because... It, you know, because of the lawsuit DC brought against Fawcett, essentially Captain Marvel ceased to be. It took 60 years for it to finally come, you know, for the final nail to get driven into the coffin. But, you know, Captain Marvel died because of that. And uh, the cape is cool. They even, you know, everybody wants to have a cape and be Superman. So I'll vote for the cape, not the TV show. Oh, not the Superman TV show. Cape. Superman's cape. Okay, I thought it was the TV show. Uh, Chuck? Yeah, well, it's funny you mention that because I'm going to go for uh, Shazam just because the mention of the cape reminds me of the TV show and sometimes you don't wear the cape. The cape is you. <laughs> uh, Greg? Um, I just want to clarify here that I am voting for the Cape TV show. I'm one of the few people I think who actually enjoyed it. Um, but seriously, uh, no Cape. <laughs> I know, confession. Um, but I think no kid like grow, goes up and plays and make believe if they even do that outside, you know, play outside anymore. I don't think kids do that. But I know when I was growing up, when kids played, they didn't, you know, run around and yell Shazam and pretend to be. Captain Marvel. No, they took a towel and they tied it around their neck and probably hung themselves by accident, but it was still a cape. You need a cape if you're going to be a respectable superhero. You don't need a catchphrase like Shazam. Um, Vote for the cape and Mike. You know, for all the children out there listening, um, and if there are children out there listening to our show, 
Uh, they have very bad parents, so this will make this especially worse. For all the children out there, if you do choose to take a towel and wrap it around your neck and jump off the roof, you will fly the cape. <laughs> that was a great uh, key and peel catch. You can fly. All you have to do is believe. Uh, I like to say I apologize to all the families, but the cape is moving on. We're on to our next fight. Brian, this one is yours. It is the S versus the reboots. Um, I'm voting for the reboots. I put the reboots on the list. I mean, I like the Superman symbol, but as has been pointed out numerous times, it changes um, from time to time. And so, you know, my personal favorite is, is the flesher version of the S. And there are some other versions of the S's that I don't particularly like as much. But in terms of the reboots, like the S's, they're basically Superman origin being rejiggered um, for a new continuity or for a new era. Like Superman's origin when he first premiered is slightly different than Superman's origin post-World War II, which is slightly different than Superman's origin in the 60s, which is slightly different than Superman's Man of Steel, um, Birthright. Every time they need to readapt Superman to a new worldview or move Superman into a new direction, they basically do a reboot of the origin. And that's one of the things that has managed to keep, you know, the, the, the character alive and has been one of the things that writers and artists have been able to key into in order to come up with ideas and concepts that 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 have you know made Superman Superman you know over his long 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 history, so you know, and as somebody who loves all of Superman, even the parts I don't like so much, um, these 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 reboots that give people you know creative people new ideas and re, uh, you know opportunities to reinterpret Superman, I think they're you know one of the best things about him. A vote for the reboots. Uh, Chuck? Yes. What, what, what was that? Yes. Oh. What, what were the options? Oh, you said the S, not yes. yes. Okay. Okay, yeah. Yeah, you confused me there. Yeah. I, the S. Okay. Uh, Greg? Um, definitely going to have the S. Another vote for the S. Mike? Uh, I love the reboots. I think they, like Brian says, they keep things fresh and alive. And, you know, really, I, I got I got really signed into Superman comics hardcore after the Man of Steel. I mean, that's really when, when my Superman uh, collection really kicks in. Um, but the S is uh, iconic. Uh, literally, it is it is an icon. It is is something that represents uh, Superman for good and bad. It is also you know a, a trademarked image by a wicked evil multinational corporation uh, that's plastered all over uh, products made uh, in sweatshops in China and sold uh, in this country. But uh, but it is that powerful. I mean, it is one of those symbols that is recognized uh, around the world. Um, and uh, every time there's a new movie, that's, well, what's the S going to be like? Because even though it changes, it's still there. Through, through all the reboots, he's still got an S on his chest. 
Uh, vote for the yes. The yes has three votes. Uh, Jason? I'm going to refrain from uh, quoting the third trailer. But uh, there's so much lore just in, in the symbol. I mean, it was an S for Superman. Uh, you know, it was in Earth One. It was a piece of marketing idea in Jonathan Kent's mind. Uh, I seem to remember there was a miniseries where it was it wasn't actually a Kryptonian symbol. It was uh, the uh, a crest for the Kent family when they were like lawmen in ninth or eighteenth hundred Kansas. Uh, and you know, it's been a symbol for the House of L. And now you know, it's almost this religious symbol on, on on Krypton in Birthright and I'm assuming Man of Steel and it's one of it's the second most recognized symbol on the planet behind the Christian cross. Uh, I, I can't vote against the S. As much as I love the reboots, you know, I can't. The S. The S is moving on. We're on to our next fight. Chuck, this one is yours. It is his occupation. He's a reporter versus the origin. Hmm. Um, I wouldn't go with the origin just because it's uh, iconic. A vote for the origin. Greg? Um, I think that his occupation, I mean, in recent reboots, uh, it's kind of changed. He's a reporter, he's, now he's a blog writer, now he's a TV anchor. You know, it always changes, especially, you know, since print media is dying. But the, you know, the origin is Geek Fight's trademark iconic, and uh, it's, it's pretty much just a callback. He's, he's pretty much an alien Moses. Alien Moses gets another vote, the origin. Mike? Uh, yeah, I'm also going to vote uh, for the origin. Uh, like, like Brian had mentioned earlier, uh, if you go through uh, the origins, uh, I still have not recorded that origins podcast. I don't know if it's going to happen. Maybe it will. Um the the origin kind of changes and evolves to to really give you a, a different take and different explanation of the character, um, and uh, it's it's iconic. Like people keep saying, "Bing, where is it?" Uh, it's been parodied over and over again. Uh, be, the reporter thing is great. I actually kind of wish this is an instance. I wish this would go on against something else because I think that really is an important part uh, of the character and something that, that has been there from the very beginning. I mean, the origin was barely there at the beginning. Uh, but uh, it's got to be the origin for me. Uh, vote for the origin. Origin has three points. Jason. Uh, it's one of my favorite origin stories. Uh, the origin. Brian, is it a clean sweep? Well, yeah. It's, you know, origin only because it allows me to backdoor in the whole reboot thing. And plus, I just like saying backdoor. But I think that the. Uh, the whole thing about the cartoon, uh, excuse me, the, the reporter identity is an important way of identifying who Superman is and what he stands for. So, and, and, you know, I'll give it a shout out because if this probably, if this wasn't going up against the origin, I would probably be voting for um, the reporter. But the origin is moving on through and we're on to our next fight. Greg, this one is yours. It's Pa Jonathan Kent versus Superman, the Man of Steel miniseries by John Byrne from 1988. Ooh, that's a tough one. The Man of Steel miniseries pretty much 
was, I mean, I wasn't around for it, um, but from what I know, everybody, that, that was the reboot that really got people into it, but Hawk and I think across every single iteration of Superman has undoubtedly been what causes, you know, Clark to be the, the good person that he is. Without Pa Kent, no, Clark Kent will not be the uh, big blue boy scout that he is. And uh, just the relationship between Pa Kent and Clark really makes me think about, you know, my relationship with my dad and that, you know, that strong, you know, moral compass, definitely Pa Kent. A vote for Pa Kent Mike. I will vote for the uh, Superman Man of Steel miniseries. I love Pocket. We've sung his praises many times. But uh, like I said, this is really the, the thing that, that got Superman. Uh, I mean, after Superman the movie, this becomes the thing that really kind of defines Superman for me. Um, the post-crisis DC universe is, is the DC universe that I, that I really became a big fan of. And this was John Byrne at, at his peak, walking off the Fantastic Four, Marvel's flagship book, onto DC's flagship character. Uh, I mean, that was big brass balls. That was, you know, DC in the 80s taking chances like nobody's business and actually completely redefining the, the comic book landscape. And this book was at the heart of it. They had the balls to throw away all of that stuff and start fresh, um, something that they would continue to do. Uh, and, and this is really, I mean, Crisis was the, was the story they did it but this was the first real reboot uh, that that just sort of created a whole new continuity that evolved into something very much like the old continuity, the way the original one did. Um, so even though Pa Kent is great, you know, we also have to remember Paul K- Pa Kent was dead uh, as far as being in the Superman character uh, up until the Man of Steel miniseries. Uh, John Byrne brought the Kents back. They had died uh, when he became an adult and he went on to, to do his thing. But, all of the stuff about about him in the present and growing up with Jonathan Kent and the relationship that we saw comes after the Man of Steel. So uh, I'm going to vote for Man of Steel. Uh, vote for Man of Steel. Jason? As much as I'd like to vote for Jonathan Kent for a myriad of reasons, the shadow of Man of Steel just looms so long. I mean, there's still Man of Steel stuff in the new, new 52. Uh it's as big as year one or, or, or Watchmen, as far as I'm concerned. It's, it's an earth-shaking comic book storyline. Vote for Man of Steel. Brian. I'm voting for Jonathan Kitt. And I'm uh, voting for Jonathan Kitt um, in terms of evoking another geek fight precedent, basically. If you do it in real life, then I don't see why I shouldn't do it on Geek Fight. Jonathan Kip beat Man of Steel because he basically, as a result of Man of Steel, he came back into DC continuity. Prior to that, he was dead. And he was so powerful that because of Man of Steel, you know, basically Man of Steel brought him back into continuity. So, Jonathan Kip is therefore more powerful than Man of Steel. And uh, it's a facto hard to go into sumo. A vote for Jonathan Kent. It is all tied up. It comes down to you, Chuck. Which one is moving on? All right. Um, 
Well, I can appreciate Pa Kent. I mean, he is kind of like the moral compass, the guy that taught Superman about uh, humanity. You know, like, have you ever saw that movie Looper where, like, that's, you know, super child becomes evil, super villain because of a fucked up childhood. You know, if he had something like Pa Kent, could have put him on the right path. But um, as usual, Mike kind of took the words right out of my mouth um, with kind of like the post-crisis Superman kind of reinventing while at the same time making him uh, great. I just can't vote against that, so I'm going Man of Steel. Uh, vote for Man of Steel. Man of Steel is moving on. We're at the last fight of the first round. Pretty quick first round as far as I'm concerned. Uh, Mike, this one is yours. It is Lex Luthor versus Jared's pick. Uh and the the unknowns had had it hard this week because uh, whatever happened to the man tomorrow and Lex Luthor are two hard things to go up against. Uh, Jared's is probably going down. Uh, it is the lowest lane line. It is you've got me. Who's got you? Uh, so great, it's Lex great line. Uh, yeah. I absolutely love it. Uh, it is a it is a a wonderful moment in Superman the movie, which is already going on. Uh, also, a wonderful thing in Superman the movie is Lex Luthor. Because even though people complain, why always Lex? Why always Lex? Uh, Batman does have a vast rogues gallery. Um, Flash has a vast rogues gallery. Superman has some some good villains, but it really... I mean, I, I don't consider Luther to be part of the rogues gallery. I consider him to be a part of the supporting cast, as important as Lois or Perry or Jimmy. Uh, he's not just a villain. He's a part of the story, uh, especially, you know, all the stuff with Smallville. Uh, I mean that that really just I think brought so much to the the connection between the two characters. Taking this the Silver Age, uh, kind of silly idea of of him becoming evil because Superman blew out his hair, and really really transforming it into something something interesting. He's I think he's one of the best villains in all comics, and he was one of the best presidents this country has ever had. All hail Luther, um, Jason. Uh. I, I do love that that line. Uh, I mean, it, the, they keep re they they in the post Donner film origin stories. They seem to keep referencing that scene uh, with the helicopter rescue. But Lex Luthor, I, I mean, is he's I think he's beyond a Superman villain and beyond the cast. He's almost a DC universe villain. I mean, it. How many other Superman villains play a role in a Green Lantern event like Blackest Night? I don't think any of them. Uh, Lex Luthor. Brian. Um, Lex Luthor is as iconic as I as an iconic part of Superman lore as is the shield and the cape and the Superman family. Lex Luthor represents why you need Superman or what Superman would be without his strong moral compass. He's why Superman is great because somebody else with Superman power would be Lex Luthor. Uh, vote for Lex Luthor. Chuck. Definitely Luthor. Um, he's able to go against someone with like super strength, super powers just because of his super intelligence. And that's pretty badass. Greg, is it a clean sweep? Um, I would say that it definitely is. Lex Luthor's been able to change himself almost as much as Superman. He's been everything Americans tend to fear and hate, which is a scientist, a businessman, and a politician. 
table. He doesn't wash his hands. Uh, and I would say that also there's another side to Lex Luthor. Without Superman, Lex Luthor would be everything that would be the hero that Earth, Earth, you know, deserves and needs. Superman kind of stole his limelight, and because of that, he's jealous, I think. And also, when no one was looking, Lex Luthor took 40 cakes. He took 40 cakes, and that's as many as four tens, and that's terrible. <laughs> uh, Lex Luthor is moving on, and we will be back. Right after this. Lex Luthor has Superman trapped. He's using kryptonite to destroy his powers. Now you'll tell me why Superman peanut butter tastes so great. Never. So fresh roasted, so creamy, so yummy, that its secret will be mine, all mine. I foiled again! Yay! Just wait, Superman! I'll find out! Superman Peanut Butter. Its strength is its great taste. This is Joe from Quantum Mechanics, QMXOnline.com, and you're listening to Geek Fights. And we're back, I think. I think. Greg, you're still here, right? Still here. Okay. We're back, coming at you with Jared Formby, trademark geek cred. Uh, why not go to you, Lieutenant Greg Tran? The first time we'd ever heard of you, at least I ever heard of you, you were Cadet GT. Now you're lieutenant, second lieutenant. Oh. Yeah. But uh, yeah, what's your geek cred? Geek cred, geek cred, geek cred. Um, long time truck geek, long time gun geek, long time uh, pretty much, you know, superhero geek. Just barely started getting into actual comic books. Bought my first comic book, you know, maybe about a year ago with my tablet. So big into digital comics, I mean. But, uh, yeah, 
I just love all things superhero. I'm a beer geek, Batman. For graduation, my girlfriend got me a nice inked, uh, her tattoo artist drew me a nice big inked uh, picture of Batman to put in my new apartment. So stoked about that. And uh, yeah, oh yeah, I guess uh, besides that, um, I graduated. So I'm an army geek. So. Woo! Graduated from the most prestigious military academy in the world, West Point. Um, <laughs> uh, Chuck, what is your geek cred, sir? Uh, well, first of all, apparently I've been doing this shit for three years. Um, I'm a big fan of anything that begins with Star, the Star Trek, Star Wars, Starship Search. You know? uh, I even like um, Babylon 5. That's a... Uh, pretty super geeky, and um, I've been some who managed to make sports geeky by, you know, talking to people about boring statistics about sports. Uh, so, you know, I can go on and on, but I am a nerd! Uh, this is Geek Fights. You're a geek. <laughs> oh, Mr. Jason Thompson. Oh, other uh, than it being your birthday in, what, two days? Uh, yeah, it's my birthday two days. Well, I guess... It's still two days. Two, yeah, two days and some change. And, of course, when this airs, it'll be a couple days ago. But uh, I don't know. Uh, I've watched uh, the Donner movie more times than I can count. I've watched the Anytime Superman's been on TV. I, I've read the comics. I love the Super Friends. I love the animated series. Uh, I think I've had a Superman shirt consecutively every year of my life since two. So uh, I like Superman quite a bit. There's geek cred. Oh yeah. And I've been on the show since episode, episode 30, not, cons- not consecutively. Of course, that's just you and you and Dan or you and Mike. Yeah. Well, that happens. Hmm. <laughs> and Mr. Brian Townsend, what is your geek cred, sir? Um, um, quick, what part of Superman's costume does the George Reeves Superman get wrong? All of it? Wrong. George Reeves is the only Superman with no fucking spit curl. Really? I didn't know that. The new guy doesn't have a spit curl either. Yeah. Who? The, uh, what's the new guy? Henry Cavill? Cavill. Yeah. But, but yeah, but he's the, you know, they got rid of the trunks. Oh, but so they're connected? This point, right. But up until, up until Henry Cavill, Superman always had that fucking spit curl. All he, right. He's never had it. And that is your geek cred, sir. You know it. <laughs> Why, thank you. Uh, let's get back into fighting. Jason, this one is yours. It is truth, justice, and the American way versus Kryptonian powers. Ooh, well, you know, some would argue you can't have Superman without the powers. I would argue that you can't have Superman without truth, justice, in the American way. I think his moral authority outweighs his physical power. America! Um, Brian? Yeah, what he said. Chuck? Yeah, we all know that America is the best country in the world, and uh, therefore... Uh, not only is Superman one of the most powerful superheroes, but he's starting to be American. Fuck yeah, America. 
Another vote for the American way. Greg. Um, definitely truth, justice, and it depends on what you look at, but most of the time it's the American way. His powers are just too powerful. They're so powerful that it's a joke, you know. So definitely truth, justice, the American way. Truth, justice, and the American way gets another vote. Mike, is it a clean sweep? You know, superpowers, Kryptonian superpowers will make you a superhuman, but truth, justice, and the American way makes you Superman. Truth, justice, and the American way. America, goddamn. Yeah, that's right. Let's, let's get all ethnocentric up in this bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, this next fight is yours. It is birthright versus the Superman family. Um, well, you know, I'm not a fan of, of any Superman continuity without super monkeys. And so I'm going to vote for uh, Superman family. Plus, you know, if Beppo showed up in uh, Superman birthright, it would be fucking all over. Uh, vote for the Superman family. Chuck. Birthright. Uh, vote for birthright. Greg. Definitely Superman family. Have you seen Power Girl at all? I've seen girls dress like Power Girl. Uh, Mike. Uh, you know, I don't think birthright, uh, that particular origin and continuity, uh, specifically, uh, preclude the existence of a super monkey. There could conceivably be some kind of Kryptonian monkey that, that could have left the planet. And, uh, that, uh, so I, I think, I think that it's not, uh, that it's not specifically that, but, uh, I do think there are things that preclude a, uh, centaur that is Supergirl's boyfriend turning into her, her super horse. And, uh, and of course a super cat, uh, along with the super dog and, uh, that's uh, that's a pretty good family. So I'll vote for the Superman family. Uh, vote for the Superman family and Jason. Oh God, I am I on? All right, I love Birthright. I I really truly do it. I, I love that moment when he's firing the gun. But we've got to go back to this. Supergirl and Power Girl. There's still two of them. The Superman family. Yeah, and Power Girl's boobs are so much bigger than Supergirl's, but Superman family is moving on. That's the uh, red sun radiation, or the yellow that, sun radiation. That, it fills up their boobs. Yep. So the longer they're around, the bigger they're getting. Yep. Okay. What? That's why she has the boob Earth, window. Yeah. Earth 2 Superman is, is more powerful than Earth 1 Superman, so Earth 2 Supergirl has much bigger boobs than that Earth 2 Supergirl. That makes, makes, more, it makes perfect sense. On to our next fight, which is a doozy here. Chuck, this one is yours. And remember, we're doing Best of Superman. It is Clark Kent versus Lois Lane. Ooh, all right. This is a tough one. Hmm. Okay. Um, Clark Kent's disguise, you know, let's try to cover the Superman, but he's also really super tied in with Lois Lane. Hmm. This is rough. I'm going to go with Clark Kent because even um, that Lois Lane, he still may have kind of used his disguise to work in a newspaper to find out how to help people. and might have discovered some other woman. Uh, 
a vote for Clark Kent. Greg. Um, Lois Lane versus Clark Kent. Uh, I really think that an unpowered Clark Kent versus Lois Lane would probably be the best way to do this fight. And if that was the case, Clark Kent would be such a little whiny little pushover that he would let Lois Lane just beat the ever-loving crap out of him. So, Lois Lane. A vote for Lois. Mike. You know, let me uh, let me tell you something about, about Clark Kent. Uh, everybody's joking about, oh, well, maybe uh, the reason Lois doesn't know that Clark Kent is Superman is because she's never looking at Superman's face. And they played that joke. But they actually explained why that works many years ago. Uh, and what it basically is, is back uh, in the Silver and Bronze Ages, Superman had a power called super hypnotism that was always functioning at a very, very low level. Now, his glasses are made out of the glass from his ship. So they have special Kryptonian properties that magnify his super hypnotism uh, using his kind of subconscious desire for people to see Clark Kent as something different. So when he's wearing the glasses, he's literally mind controlling everyone so that they see somebody else. That's awesome. And it's the glasses that does it. He takes the glasses off. There's a lingering effect, but the glasses actually have superpowers that control the minds of everyone and this even worked in photographs and in videotape and on film. That's awesome. Clark Kent. Uh, vote for Clark. Jason. All right. All right. Let's look at this. Physical physical fight. Clark wins because one, you know, one flick of his finger, it's over. Emotional fight. Lois probably wins because she's a woman and that you know, they might as well have Kryptonian powers when it comes to emotional battles. Battle of wits, though, you might think it's Lois because you know she's the you know world's most foremost investigative journalist. But Clark has been duping the world's foremost investigative journalist for years, which means in a battle of wits, Clark Kent beats Lois Lane. A uh, fair point. A vote for Clark Kent and Brian. Um, yeah, I you know, vote for Clark Kent because, you know, in a physical battle, in a battle of which he beats, he beats Lois, even though in the real world, Lois wins because she has a vagina. But, you know, just simply the fact that Clark Kent is, is, there's, there's Clark Kent and there's Clark Kent. There's Clark Kent who he puts on with the super hypnotism, who everybody thinks is a nerd and a geek and a dork. And then there's actually Clark Kent. Because the thing that, you know, nobody talks about is that the reason why Clark Kent is that way is, you know, come, is, is presented as being weak is because he's hiding the fact that he's the most powerful man in the universe. So if Clark Kent walked into a room swinging his gigantic Kryptonian dick around, everybody would say, hey, you know, Clark not only looks like Superman, he acts like Superman. And that, you know, defeats the entire point of having a secret identity. So, you know, the fact that Clark is, at, the, at his core, he's a good guy, but he's also a self-effacing enough guy to make himself look like a dork so that he can actually have something, you know, like a private life, which he actually treasures. You know, you know when you can have all the things in the universe and you actually treasure, you know, emotional and spiritual things, That's I, I kind of like that. I kind of like that about him, and I like the message that presents. 
So since you represent so many wonderful things, I vote for Clark Kent. Oh, uh, vote for the man, the myth, the legend, Clark Kent. He's moving on. We're on to our next fight. Greg, this one is yours. It is Kryptonite versus whatever happened to the man of tomorrow. Hmm. Well, I mean, without, you know, whatever that version of Kryptonite is, one of the many in the spectrum of Kryptonite, you wouldn't have whatever happened to the man of tomorrow to take away, you know, Superman's power. So, mm hmm. I would have to say Kryptonite helped out, but whatever happened to the man of tomorrow, you have Alan Moore. Whatever happened to the man of tomorrow? I'll vote for whatever happened to the man of tomorrow, Mike. Um, th this is this is tough. That is one of my favorite Superman stories, but one one of the key elements of that on several levels is is Kryptonite. Um, that story assembles all of the. Uh, most important things from the Superman mythology and one of several manifestations. Metallo's in there. That's kryptonite. The kryptonite kid is in there. Uh, he loses his powers with the gold kryptonite because, again, there's a variety of different kryptonites. Bizarro's killed by a blue kryptonite. So there's kryptonite throughout that story because there's kryptonite all throughout Superman. And, uh, and the idea that it is part of his home. I mean, that's, I mean, one of the things that's a weakness. But it is also his weakness is is his home planet is his past. Uh, there's just really something kind of uh, interestingly symbolic about that. That the the one of the weakness of the man of tomorrow is his past. Uh, so uh, kryptonite. Uh, vote for kryptonite, Jason. Uh, damn it, Mike. Yeah, kryptonite. Mike got me. Shark. Actually, to be fair, you're the one that sharked Mike because he said it early on uh, that it's a piece of his home and it, and it could kill him. You can never go home. Uh, that was what you said in round one about Kryptonite. Uh, All right, you win this one too, Damon. So that was it. that was double you. Damn it. I know, but double damn it. Uh, vote for <laughs> Kryptonite. Uh, Brian. I'm voting for Kryptonite because it's Kryptonite and right. I can't defeat it. It's my weakness. Uh, when uh, Brian, you know this. When did Kryptonite actually come into the mythology? I'm pretty sure that it came into mythology around um, 39. The first it was it was there was a originally there was a strange element that appeared in the comics, um, but it wasn't officially designated Kryptonite until the radio show, uh, which was around I think uh, 39. I think they did like a two or three part episode of the mysterious metal from Krypton, and then it was retrofitted into the uh, comics continu continuity. Thank you very much. Another vote for Kryptonite. And Chuck? Hmm. What's the count? Kryptonite's going to win. Okay. Well, then I'm going to go for Man of Tomorrow because it is one of my favorite uh, stories. Um, I do agree with everyone's you know, point out of Kryptonite and also, Brian's pointing out of kind of how long ago it's been established into the canon. I appreciate that, but Man of Tomorrow is one of my, my favorite story arcs, so I'm going to throw it some love. Whatever happened to the Man of Tomorrow gets a vote, but Kryptonite is moving on. We're on to our next fight. Mike, this one is yours. It's a battle of villains. It is Mr. Mix, yes, Pitalik versus Doomsday. Uh, I am going to vote for Mix, yes, Pitalik. Uh, and I, I like Doomsday. 
Uh, and Doomsday as a character has evolved a lot, but uh, Mixoplick as a character has, has evolved a lot too. Uh, you know, originally a prankster, uh, then, you know, you get it back to, um, you know, whatever happened to the man tomorrow, that's where he's, you know, the idea that, that he's just presenting this image that he's actually a fifth dimensional a wizard would look very different and he's a sort of demonic creature. Uh, and, you know, many of the post-crisis ones, he's kind of almost like a, almost like Q in some ways where he'll pop up and give Superman warnings and weird things like that. Uh, and even in the, the new version as a, as a, a Grant Morrison imagined fifth dimensional imp, um, all really great stuff and kind of high concept stuff. That's funny. And, uh, it started off very gimmicky, but he's really grown into an interesting kind of mystic wizard, uh, you know, sort of Q type character in the Superman universe. And, uh, I think that's kind of a neat place for him to go. Uh, vote for mix. Yes. Pitalik. Jason. What do Howie Mandel and Gilbert Godfrey have in common? They both place played Mitzias Pitalik. Mitzias Pitalik. Oh, vote for Mitzias Pitalik. It's the Mr. on front of it makes it hard. Brian. I'm going for Mixus Pitlick because uh, if nothing else, it, it actually Superman's battles with uh, with uh, the fifth dimensional fifth guy just just go to um, just prove the fact that Superman is all brawn and no brain because he constantly is tricking this guy into uh, leaving our reality. So that indicates that he's at least clever enough. I'll smart somebody. Mixias yes, has three votes. Chuck, what is yours? Yep, make that four. Uh, I put him on the, the bracket. I think he's a cool character. And uh, I also think, as usual, Mike hit the nail on the head um, about how he kind of started off as kind of a gimmicky character. And they've of, as the years have gone by, they've had a lot of cool dimensions to him, made him much more complex and interesting. And, um, yeah, I think the, the the Star Trek Q comparison is really kind of spot on as well. So uh, he's kind of a fun, unique character in the Superman canon. So that's what I'm going for. A vote for Mix. Yes, Pitalik. Greg, is it a clean sweep? Um, yes, it is a clean sweep for many reasons, but one of them is because I want to keep hearing you tongue twist your way around that word, Damon. Oh, what, Mixed Yes Pitalik? I can say that all day. Uh, it's the adding the mister on front of it that makes it almost impossible. <laughs> you say it. You say it. You say Mixed Yes Pitalik. See? Mixed Yes Anyway. Uh, Mr. Mixoplik. Yeah, I'm saying it wrong. Is moving on. We're on to our next fight. Uh, Jason, this one is yours. It is the Donner film versus the Cape. Ooh. I mean, icon versus icon is how this would be built. Uh, uh, you know what? I, I, as much as the cape is, is important and he doesn't look right at all without it, whenever he's without it, the Donner film is just so great and it cast a 30-year shadow. They're only just now digging out from underneath it. I mean, Smallville was a show that most of its its core, its uh, target audience probably had never seen the Donner film, yet they were still using it for the lore. So, Donner, the Donner film. A vote for the Donner film. Brian. 
Yeah, totally and completely the Donna film. I mean, I remember not too long ago, um, Mike and I were going off on Facebook with just 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 the joke lines from the movie. Not even taking into account how great a job they do with capturing Superman. We're just going punchlines, and we had like forty something uh, forty something entries on that single entry. It's a great film. And it's a great film about Superman. It's probably the best film about Superman. Hopefully not the last great film about Superman. A vote for the Donner film. Uh, Chuck? Definitely Donner film. As a kid, it's kind of my first experience of Superman. And, um, you know, even though Lester and being involved with Superman 2 and everything, I I really don't think Superman 1 and 2 has really been surpassed in the Superman in terms of, like, a Superman movie. And I even think that those movies are probably the best superhero movies in general. I'm sure people would argue against that. But uh, uh, that's my opinion, and I'm going with the Donner film. Uh, vote for the Donner films. Greg? Um, every superhero has a cape, pretty much. I mean, even the cape has a cape. And uh, both the Donner film, the Donner film is what made Superman... And gave it kind of the, 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 just such a good movie that they kept making more. And uh, even though it led to Superman Returns, I can still definitely deal with the Donner films. So Donner film wins. Uh, vote for the Donner film. Mike? Uh, uh, it is totally the cape. Uh, I mean, I love the Donner film. And it's, you know, one of my favorite uh, movies of all time. Maybe my favorite movie of all time. But... Superman was Superman before there was a Donner film. I mean, Superman was enormously successful. One of the most, I mean, we, today we may not see it that way, but when he came out, he was like the biggest pop culture character. He really invented the level of merchandising that we often attribute to like George Lucas, but look back at all the Superman shit they made in the forties and fifties and the TV show and all of that stuff. Superman had a long, wonderful, varied life before uh, this, the Donner movie, but you know what? The cape didn't. The cape on superheroes begins with Superman. The Shadow's cloak is a very different sort of beast. People never really even wore capes the way Superman wears it. Uh, it really kind of takes a real article of clothing and turns it into a piece of a costume. Superman the movie changed superhero movies, but Superman's cape changed all of superheroes. Batman does not have a cape without Superman, and without a cape, Batman doesn't exist. The cape is the most iconic aspect of the superhero costume, and it begins with Superman. So you take that cape away, we don't have any of the discussion we're having today. There is no cape. There is no Superman the movie. A vote for the cape? God damn it. I'm changing my vote. Jason is changing his vote. Is anybody else changing their vote? Well, it looks like you're the only waffler, Jason. Uh. But Mike is absolutely right. Had I been a part of this episode, the cape would be moving on. But the Donner film is moving forward. We're on to our next fight. Brian, this one is yours. It is the S versus the origin. Wow. Well, wow. It's this point. It's a question as to which one of these two things stands more for Superman than the other. His origins or his symbol. And wow. 
Wow, tough call. Um, yeah, I'll go for the S. Uh, vote for the S, Chuck. Origins. What was that, uh, Chuck? There was a buzzing going the, on. That's it. That's it. The origins. The origins. Uh, Greg. Um, this is really interesting because, in a lot of ways, the S and the origin are kind of the same thing. You know, in uh, many versions, the S is the symbol for hope or the uh, the you know house of L symbol. And uh, the origin is all about, you know, escaping a dying world and providing hope for, you know, his race. So it's really like a, a it's one or the other. To me, it's the same. I think of them in the same way. But I think the S is more visible, and that's what people associate with it. So definitely the S. Uh, vote for the S. Mike. This, this is really tough. This, could, this, for me, could have been a final round match. Uh both iconic, both parodied, uh, one tra what legally trademarked. Um, both have evolved and changed over time, but stayed remarkably consistent, probably more consistent, I think, than most origin stories. Um, and, and logos. I mean, hell, that, Batman's logos changed a, a million times. Spider-Man's really evolves a lot. Superman's had very little variety, and when it does go away, it comes back. Uh, I'm going to vote for the origin... Because um, one of the interesting things about the evolution of the origin is, you know, it starts off this very uh, Jewish mythology. It's very much a Moses type story uh, sent out to earth to protect him. But then at some point when you start getting into this Krypton being more metaphorical, Jor-El sending his only son to uh, help save and redeem the world, Krypton takes on this kind of more he heaven-like quality Superman actually becomes a very Jesus-like archetype, uh, down to and including death and resurrection and being powered by the sun, being very much a sun god. So all of that comes from his origins on Krypton. So, so much of the weird kind of uh, real-world mythology that, that creeps into Superman is tied into that origin story and, uh, and not to the S, even though I guess that could be a crucifix or a Star of David. Shit, I'm talking myself back into the S. Um, but no, I'm going to stick with the origin. Although I did see a really weird Star of David Superman S shirt. A vote for the origin. It is all tied up. It comes down to you, Jason. Which one is moving forward? I saw that shirt too, Mike. Uh, I mean, I, I want to vote for the S because it's, you know, I suppose you could call it idolatry, but... I mean, one of the world's most recognizable symbols, uh, and it, it you know as much as it's a symbol within the DC universe for hope, it's a symbol uh, in our world for hope too for millions of people. But the origin is what makes it that symbol of hope that two parents who saw the end of their civilization in a last desperate act sent their son to this backwater little planet and he went on to become the shining beacon for them the way that he was a shining beacon for his parents so in a form be corollary without the origin you don't have the power of this the s so the origin 
and the origin is moving through. On to our next fight. Chuck, this one is yours. It is the John Byrne miniseries, Man of Steel versus Lex Luthor. Ooh. All right. That's tough. Um, I really like the miniseries, but I'm going to go with Luthor because, um, again, like, uh, as iconic as Superman is, uh, you always have your villains, you know, like, uh, Batman has the Joker. Everyone has, like, kind of like their, it's the kind of dichotomy, the one, the yin to the yang, and, uh, Lex Luthor is definitely um, the villain that's always casting a shadow over the Superman universe, and uh, he's just really great. And um, again, as Mike mentioned earlier, probably our best president. All hail Luther, uh, Greg. Uh, definitely Lex Luthor. You know, a lot of people might not like me for this. I think Lex Luthor is the so definitely him. Because he has what's what's best, the best interests of the human race at heart. A vote for Lex Luthor, Mike. You know, um, one of my favorite things about the Man of Steel miniseries was businessman Lex. Uh, I, I always liked him more than kind of mad scientist Lex or, or super criminal Lex. Um, and uh, and all of that comes back to to Man of Steel, but. Uh, in that time, Man of Steel has been undone uh, in, in various ways, in small ways, in large ways, multiple times. Uh, but Businessman Lex is like the, the main thing that made it out of that miniseries and kind of embedded itself in, uh, in continuity. Um, and, and I think that's a good thing, and I think he's a great character. And uh, uh, Man of Steel was uh was a a portion of superman's history but lex luther is is you know like like many of the things on here uh he's he's may not have been the very very beginning but i think we can count that close to the beginning as the beginning um so uh yeah it wasn't action number one but you know very 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 early on and uh and yeah he is the most deadly most iconic superman villain uh vote for leximus luthermas Yes, three votes. Jason, what is yours? You know, a lot of people, when they talk about Lex, they talk about how he could have been a hero. He could have been this. He could have been the hero of the story. He could have been the savior of mankind. Well, here's the thing. Why isn't he? Why, he, he could have done all these things, even with Superman around. He could have done all these things. He's small. He's petty. That's why I'm voting for Man of Steel. Because Lex could have been could have been a hero, yeah. But he wasn't. Because he's weak. A vote for Man of Steel, loser scum. Brian? Um I'm voting for Lex. And and this time I'm primarily voting for um what is it? The uh, I think it's Anthony LaPaglia portrayal of Lex Luthor in the uh, animated feature of All Star Superman because he's just a, he's such an awful, arrogant dick, and he encompasses many of the aspects of Lex that we've talked about here. Because I see I don't see Lex. I, okay, businessman Lex does not preclude mad scientist Lex or super criminal Lex. I kind of think that, like uh, Morrison has said about Batman, that 
all of the crazy Batmans exist on the, in the spectrum of Batman's career. I think all of the various Lex Luthers exist in the spectrum of Lex Luthers' career because somebody who's that intelligent and that arrogant could wind up doing all of these things. Why doesn't Lex? Why isn't Lex Luthor a hero? Yes, he has the interest of, of humanity um, at heart, but he's only interested in humanity if humanity is blowing smoke up his ass. If, if humanity is is interested in this guy in tights with his drawers on the outside and a cape, he's like, "Fuck them hoes! Fuck them! Fuck them! Fuck them!" And I, I kind of like that. So I'm told for Luther. Uh, vote for Lex Luthor, and Lex Luthor is into the next round. Uh, this next fight is for a spot in the final four. Greg, it's yours. It is truth, justice, and the American way versus the Superman family with that freak ass monkey. Hmm. Last time I checked, Superman family is pretty awesome. They have a monkey but I believe red, white, and blue. So, which I should probably get that checked out. But truth, justice, and the American way. Uh, vote for TG, TJA. Uh, Mike? Yeah, I will, uh, I will continue the truth, justice, and the American way. I mean, it's more than just the kind of patriotic aspect of it. Um, the, there's also truth and justice, which is uh, really what, what Superman has been about from the very start, and that's kind of that, that's the lesson. That's kind of what, what's at the heart of, of all of these other things as to why he is this great hero um, is that, that inherent moral code. And however you want to phrase it, some people don't like the, uh, the American way part of it. And there's certainly Superman as an international hero. Superman belongs to the world. You know, it's not a political statement. It's, it's a statement just about a belief and a philosophy that, uh, that, you know, we have labeled the American way, but you know, ultimately, it is about honesty and freedom and truth and all of those wonderful things that this country's supposed to be all about. Superman's all about him too. Uh, so, truth, justice, and the American way. Jason, you know, as much as I love uh, Power Girls boobs, and I do, they've rebooted Superman half a dozen times over the years. And one of the things that doesn't go away, I mean. He, you know, his telekinesis goes away and his juggling planets goes away. But one of the things that doesn't go away is the moral core. And that moral core, it can be boiled down to truth, justice, and the American way. Truth, justice, and the American way. Truth, justice, and the American way has three votes. Brian, what is yours? Yeah, truth, justice, and the American way. Um, and I think by the American way, I think we're talking about life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. So then you've got truth, justice, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And without those fundamental precepts, you know, guiding and, 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 and guiding their actions, then that pack of Kryptonian half-magical animal misfits becomes a horrible plague sweeping from planet to planet across the galaxy, bringing death destruction, and feces in a manner that it's, it's beyond belief and description. So, since that's the only thing keeping, you know, the, the Kryptonian hordes at bay, I gotta vote for truth, justice, and the American way. Uh, vote for truth, justice, and the American way. Uh, Chuck, is it a clean sweep? It is a clean sweep because um, America has allowed a lot of 
immigrant families to survive, and um, the Tritonian family wouldn't survive without uh, being harbored in America. So the Tritonian diaspora was able to continue thanks to the open arms of America and its uh, good principles. That's what I'm going for. A vote for truth, justice, and the American way. Plus, uh, both Supergirl and Power Girl's uh, vaginas are like steel. They'd probably rip your dick off. It'd be horrible. Horrible. Going back to uh, Man of Steel, Woman of Kleenex. <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's Woman go. Woman of Steel is not good. Woman of Steel, Man of Kleenex. First of all, it's, there's no way you're getting her off, fellas. Let's just face it. She's fucking yeah. impenetrable. Right. It's, it's not going to happen. <laughs> She's not impenetrable. You can actually shove things inside of her. It's just not going to give her any kind of pleasure. Uh, but um, yeah, <laughs> actually, I'm not even so sure about that. What if, uh, what if Supergirl's a virgin? Ooh, then you're never getting through. You're right. Super what? Hymen of Steel. The Hymen of Steel. Hey, she was. She has a horse, and lots of girls who ride horses don't have hymen. A so. super horse. A super yeah. horse. There you uh, go. Well, she could. She could always just like anal. You know, Supergirl's all into that. I don't know if I could squeeze that open. Come on. That's like, yeah. <laughs> she, but Christ. she could at least control those muscles to maybe let you in. But anyway, oh, yeah. she, she would have super muscular control. Fast, fast, K-Y I'm fast, sorry. I didn't K-Y mean for it to so go. So much for the down. deep conversation about <laughs> truth, <laughs> justice, and the American way. Green K jelly. <laughs> Green K jelly. Anyway, we're uh, on to our next fight. Uh, Mike, this one is yours. Another spot in the final four. It is Clark Kent versus the aforementioned uh, Kryptonite. Ooh, this is really tough. Um, weirdly, they are both iconic. I mean, one of the things about Kryptonite is it's one of those ideas that uh, it, it's not just you know, anybody's weakness is referred to as their Kryptonite. Uh, it has become, as a word, synonymous with uh, weakness. Uh, and even in particular, weaknesses that are like, you know, something that, that is very specific and dangerous to you sort of thing. But, uh, you know, many things have been said about Clark. Certainly the idea that, you know, if Clark Kent is the, uh, the, just the real guy, the guy from Smallville and that, that's the real character and that good natured person who believes in truth, justice in the American way, that's him. But Clark is also this, uh, this iconic idea of a secret identity, the total opposite, you know, someone who, who's, who, who just, you can believe, couldn't believe is, is the main hero. And there's also that idea that Clark, uh, is, is very much a symbol of the immigrant experience. Um, you know, and then that kind of ties into the origin story and ties into the truth, justice and the American way part of it. So, uh, I think I'm going to give it to Clark. I think he just sort of edges it out because he, let's face it. He is Superman. Uh, vote for Clark Kent. Jason. Yeah, I think, you know, Mike was saying that and we've kind of kind of touched on this a couple times or when Clark's come up, you know, all the best parts of Superman, all the is it comes from who he was when he was just Jonathan and Martha Kent's son. So, I mean, kryptonite might be his weakness, but Clark Kent is his strength. Clark Kent. A uh, vote for Clark Kent, Brian. Well, shit, I don't have anything better to say than that. Uh, Clark Kent. Fuck you, Jason. You, you're talking about Mike being a shark. You shark the shit out of Clark Kent on that one, uh, Chuck. 
Uh, I'm going to go with um, Kryptonite because um, with Kryptonite, Superman is only Clark Kent. Uh, vote for Kryptonite. And Greg? I'm going to have to go with Clark Kent on this one. I know I kind of ragged on him earlier about being a, a little bitch, a whiny guy, pussy, etc. But, you know, you take Kryptonite, you kill Superman, the whole world mourns. Or you take, say, Gold K, and you depower Superman, and he's still Clark Kent. And Clark Kent's still a pretty good guy. Uh, yeah, he would still be fighting for truth, justice, and the American way. Clark Kent is into the Final Four. We're on to our next fight. Jason, this one is yours. It is Mr. Mix Yes Pitalik versus the Donner film. Ooh. Uh, I mean, Mix Yes Pitalik is a nice every once in a while type of Superman foil. I mean, I, I never really think of him as a villain. It, foil, I think it's a good one. Rival, I guess, is another good one. Uh, but God, that Donner film, I mean, there's three movies I watched as a kid until I broke the VHS tapes, and that was uh, Super or Star Trek 1, Star Trek 2, and the Donner film. So I, I've just for, because of my childhood Donner film hours wasted hours A uh, vote for Superman, the movie, Brian. Look, Clark Kent may seem to you just to be a simple mild man of reporter, but not only does he have a, a, a snappy punchy profile, not only does he show his editor in chief the proper respect, but he is in my 40 years in this business, the fastest typist I've ever seen. <laughs> The Donner film. Uh, vote for Superman the movie. Chuck? I'm going to go with uh, Mr. Pitalik uh, because um, I like the Donner film, but uh, I think he's a uh, unique villain and uh, it'd be kind of wacky to see him in a movie, which will never happen. Uh, vote for Mr. Mix, yes, Pitalik. Uh, Greg? I want to see Mr. Mix Pitalik in a, in a movie, so definitely him. It is all tied up. It comes down to you, Mike. Which one is going into the final four? Ow. Um, I like Mitzel, Mitzel, whatever the fuck his name is, a lot. Uh, and he's been in a variety of other media. He hasn't been in the movie, but he was in Smallville, and he was even in that live-action Superboy show. Uh, lots of cartoons. He was really good in cartoons. Um, but uh, as I've said before, the Donner movie is one of my favorite movies of all time, possibly my favorite I have seen it in the theater more than any other movie. I saw it nine times in the movie theater. That's more than I've seen any other movie. And uh, to prepare for the commentary that we did on Superman the movie, I watched it uh, once all the way through, and then I watched it with the commentaries on. Uh, I watched all of the making of hours and hours and hours of that uh, just so I could talk about the movie, uh, which we recorded. And, and I don't know if that's going up before this or after this. Uh, because uh, that movie, that movie is kind of like the one-two punch with Star Wars. Star Wars started me becoming a geek, and uh, Superman the movie kind of spiked the ball. Uh, so Superman, uh, vote for Superman the movie, and Superman the movie is in to the final four. Her last spot in the final four, Brian. This one is yours. Another difficult fight. It is the origin versus Lex Luthor. Wow. Um. Well, you know, it, ooh, wow, his origin versus 
his greatest foe, his greatest foe, his greatest foe. Well, you know what? In terms of the best of Superman, I'm going to I'm going to um, defer to the fact that you know there's been a lot of great Superman stories and adventures without Lex Luthor, but there is no great Superman stories without that origin. And and you know you know even even in All Star Superman, one of my favorite parts is you know they open the they open the comic with that origin. They condense it down to three quick sentences and three panels, and it's just bam, bam, boom. That's that's you know that's that's it is and, and it's it's part of the essence of Superman. And and I get you know it's even more intrinsically part of him than even his his war against Lex Luthor and what he represents. I think so. I'm going to go for the origin this time. Uh, vote for the origin, uh, Chuck. A good superhero is only as good as his best villain, Luthor. A uh, vote for Luthor, Greg. Definitely. You can't have God without the devil. You can't have Batman without the Joker. You can't have Superman without Lex Luthor. Another vote for Luthor. Mike. Um, uh, I, I love Lex Luthor. And, uh, you know, I voted for him all the way uh, back when uh, he, he won. I believe he won Best Villain uh, 2 when the Joker was removed. So uh, essentially the second best villain of all time uh, as voted on our show. Uh, and he's a great character. In many ways, he's a, rich, a richer character than Superman. But uh, one of the rules, one of the things that always happens is Lex always loses to Superman. So we know Lex cannot win on Best of Superman. If he doesn't go out somewhere, he's going to go out in the final round. But I say we actually, uh, we we knock him out here. The origin is an essential part of Superman. Uh, it is what makes him special, what makes him unique. It's been parodied uh, in so many different ways. I mean, that's just something everybody knows. You know, Rocket is a child from Exploding Planet, blah, blah, blah. Um, and it's it's grown and evolved and changed so much over time, as has Lex. But I think it's just a more important part of the mythology. So, origin. It is all tied up. It comes down to you, Jason. For the final spot in the final four, which one is it going to be? You know... His father said to him, you will give the people an ideal to strive towards. Yeah, you will give the people hope. Who did Lex Luthor ever inspire? Maybe Stone Cold Steve Austin? They got the same haircut. I don't know. Uh, so I'm going to go with the origin. I think it's more important to the lore than his best villain. Uh, because Jason Thompson said so. Uh, <laughs> but the origin is moving on. Sorry, Lex. Uh, Chuck, this next fight is yours. Actually, I guess I should say it. We've got the Truth, Justice, and the American Way versus Clark Kent, and Superman the movie versus his origin. Uh, Chuck, this fight is yours. It is Truth, Justice, and the American Way versus the man, the myth, the legend, Clark Kent. Hmm. I'm gonna go with Truth. Justice in the American way that both Clark Kent or Clark Kent as Superman adheres to those ideals and uh, you can't separate the man with those ideals and ideas are timeless and therefore I'm going with truth, justice, and the American way. 
uh, vote for truth, justice, and the American way. Greg. Um, still sticking with it. America all the way. America. Uh, Mike. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of interesting. Um, truth, justice, and the American way. Uh, in the very, very first issue of Action Comics number one, you, you join the story uh, in the middle. Superman is carrying someone to like the governor's mansion to testify uh, that, that they're responsible for some crime so that someone who is about to be electrocuted uh, would get a, get a stay. Someone, someone who was getting executed for a crime they did not commit. Uh, so very th- right there at the beginning, the first panels of Superman's story, he is literally fighting for truth and justice because that's what Superman's all about. The American way, you can start arguing because you'll get into arguments about what the American way means. I think it means a lot of, of great things uh, and a variety of things like has been discussed, you know, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, the immigrant experience, which is almost also the American way, you know, all of that stuff. And it's all there from the very first panel. So truth, justice, and the American way. Jason. You know, Chuck said it. I can't separate the man from his ideals, and but I come to the the opposite conclusion. That's why I'm voting for Clark Kent. A vote for Clark Kent, Brian. Yeah, um, truth, justice, in the American way is great. It's, but if you ask, you know, like John Walker from you know the. Uh, what is it, the super patriot over in DC Comics, Marvel Comics, he'd say he's fighting for truth, justice in the American way. And he's a dickhead. There's a lot of, you know, people who claim to be fighting for truth, justice in the American way, and they commit all kinds of atrocities and all kinds of infringements on people's rights and all kinds of, you know, deplorable acts in the name of truth, justice in the American way. It's those ideals filtered through the person who Clark Kent is that makes Superman Superman. And this is about, you know, not Super Patriot. This is Superman. This is the best of Superman. And it's all the things, you know, without Clark Kent being a sweet, modest, humble, moral guy, who believes in truth, justice, in the American way, who believes in the essential dignity of mankind, who believes in using, utilizing your gifts um, to, to help and help people out and guide people and show the way and to elevate mankind, then, you know, you don't have Superman. So, just, you know, to, to, to divorce Clark Kent from the best of Superman is is not is just incorrect from you know and I can't I can't support that anyway. A vote for Clark Kent. Anybody going to be changing their vote? No. Truth, justice, and the American way is in the final. Greg, this next fight is yours. It is Superman the movie versus the origin of Superman. Definitely got to go with the origin. I mean, matter in every movie, the origin is more or less follows the same same formula. I mean, uh, definitely, you know, dying world, 
you know, parents, only child, rocking it off, you know, becomes mankind's best hope. Definitely the origin story. Uh, vote for the origin story. Mike. One of the best things uh, in Superman the movie is uh, the origin story. I mean, the movie is, for the most part, the origin story. I mean, we the origin goes beyond uh, just the rocketing Earth to Krypton. It is actually uh, the Smallville and all of that up to when he becomes Superman. The, the TV show Smallville is one huge, overly long piece of Superman's origin story. Um, you can have the origin story without Superman the movie. It was there for 40-some years. But uh, you can't have Superman the movie without that origin story. And uh, so I got to vote for the origin. Uh, vote for the origin. Jason. Yeah, the Donner film is added you know, a lot of pieces to Superman lore. It's a big piece of the tapestry that is Superman's origin, but, you know, it's a piece of the tapestry. So a piece of something fighting against the whole, I, I just don't think it can win. So I'm going to vote for the origin. Brian? The origin. And Chuck? Yeah, definitely the origin. The origin. Moving on into the finals in a clean sweep. We're at our final fight. Uh, it's, it's truth, justice in the American way versus the origin. Mike, that's yours. Uh, this, this is tough. Two things that I've, I've been championing all along. Um, but I think I'm going to go for truth, justice in the American way. Uh, the, the, the origin has been duplicated. Many people have had that origin. Um, and like Brian said, many people have had been inspired by truth, justice in the American way. And they've used that truth, justice in the American way or what they believed is truth, justice in the American way. But, uh, Superman, the, the he actually fought for the real stuff. Uh, he was, he was honest. I mean, that was, that's the, the truth part in truth. Uh, so that's it. Is he, he's following that ideal. Other people may use that idea like they use any kind of great ideas to wrong ends, but Superman is using them to right ends, uh, because he is Superman. Uh, and even though the origin puts him kind of in, in place, um, you could, him coming from Krypton that makes him super, but, uh, the values that he believes make him Superman. So, uh, I'm going to stick with truth, justice, and the American way. Jason. I, I, I don't think I can say it too much better. I mean, the origin, it's not even the first time it was used. You know, we, we've mentioned it. It's, it's a retelling of Moses and it's been used since. I think you can argue uh, another hugely iconic character. Harry Potter has basically the same origin only without you know different planets, but who who he is is what he fights for. Truth, justice, and the American way. Harry Potter's British. <laughs> well, who Clark is I was, is who he fights for. I was joking. <laughs> Damn you, <laughs> <laughs> Brian. Yeah, it's it, it. okay. 
Truth, justice, in the American way, it depends on, it, it, okay, very important. But the origin, it depends on how you, for me, it's like, how do you separate the fact that he fights for truth, justice, in the American way from the fact that he was raised to fight for truth, justice, in the American way? I mean, because if you look at his origin, it's simply the fact that he comes from Krypton. I can see that how you can do that. Or do you, but I kind of look at his origin as the fact that he was sent from Krypton. He was raised in America's heart, heartland. He was, um, he was, he was given the best kind of upbringing and the best kind of moral guidance. And so that eventually he became someone who fought for truth, justice, and the American way. I mean, I look more at truth, justice, and the American way as, as like a tagline. It's an advertisement. And, and it wasn't even always part of, of the Superman. It was all, wasn't always part of Superman. Truth, justice, and the American way didn't show up until, like, I think either... It didn't show up until, like, the 40s, maybe even the 50s. Superman was around for a good five, ten years before they tagged, stuck that tagline of truth, justice, and the American way on him. And, and, and that was, you know, that was, you know, to, to, you know, to, you know, basically because he was, when he first showed up, he was, he was kind of rabble rousing and fighting against, um, the man in order for the, for the, for the, uh, rights of, of the little guy. He, he was standing up for the rights of the little guy and sort of make him look less, less like a pinko, they stuck the tagline on him, truth, justice, in the American way. But even without that tagline, he was still Superman. He was still the guy. He was still the immigrant son, you know, who came to Earth and came to America and and spent his time and his energy and his efforts and his powers fighting the right wrongs. So even if you, you know, he was he was basically he was Superman without the line truth justice in the American way. And I don't feel that, you know, that really boiling down the best of him to his phrase, truth justice in the American way, is doing Superman himself justice. I don't believe it's the truth of Superman. I don't think it does him justice. And so I can't really vote for that. And get conscious, so I'm going to wind up voting for the origin. A uh, vote for the origin, Chuck. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, to kind of boil down, I think Brian um, had some good points. It's kind of hard to separate the ideals of truth, justice, and the American way with uh, the origin because Superman, kind of his origins were kind of being growing up, being surrounded by the ideals of American truth and justice. Um, and, uh, also I do think that, uh, you know, probably the whole American way tagline was kind of added on later in like World War II, Cold War era to, you know, kind of fan the flames of patriotism a little more. Um, and also just to kind of not decide the, uh, um, you know, who wins exactly before everyone gets to vote, uh, just interested, making things interesting. I'm going to go with the origin. A vote for the origin. It is all tied up. It comes down to you there, Lieutenant 
second grade class. I don't know exactly how to say that. Greg Trahan. Been a lot of pressure on me here, but let me just, from what I've observed of all of Superman's, uh, you know, alternate origins, else worlds, even reboots, the fact that he was launched from Krypton by loving parents, you know, off to Earth, they didn't preclude and make him the good, righteous hero that. You know, he was today. It was Ma and Pa Ken. It was Small Pill. It was learning about truth, justice, in the American way. That's what makes him the Superman, the penultimate superhero, not his origin. And I think that's something that, you know, Superman really comes to represent. It's not where we come from. It's not our origin. It's, it's what we do with it. It's what we do once we get here. And I think definitely... That's that's uh, one of the main lessons from Superman is just you know it's not not about that so definitely truth justice in the American way. Truth justice in the American way is the best part of Superman, but of course we are all wrong. It is Beppo the super chimp because seriously, chimpanzees can already rip our arms off. Now you give them Superman level powers? Jesus Christ, it's fucking terrifying. Now, Ron, Ron I, have a que- I have a question for you. Um, you. You may remember this. Now, Crypto the super dog uh, had a, an advanced intelligence for a dog uh, under Earth's yellow sun, right? I mean, he could think in language and, and communicate uh, very effectively. He was like a super intelligent dog. He was better than you and I. So would Beppo also, being a chimp, being yep. far more, so he would be like a super genius human level. Yeah. Oh, that's scary. Well, people, yeah, he was. He was they were both. They were both super geniuses. But I guess you know, if you consider that Beppo's intelligence was closer to human level, then yeah, he was even more intelligent than Crypto. So yeah, he, super yeah, intelligent like ape with Superman's powers. Champ with Superman's powers. Yeah. Uh, terrifying. But uh, thanks to everybody for listening. Does anybody have anything they'd like to plug? Uh, Chuck? Nope. Uh, Jason? Uh, yeah, while we were recording, I just got an email from my future self, and I did have a nice birthday. So we got <laughs> that going for you. <laughs> uh, Mr. Trahan? I guess I want to plug Earth Prime Comics in Burlington, Vermont. Uh, I don't have to plug West Point anymore because I'm free from that hellhole. So I'm going to plug the U.S. Army and uh, Oklahoma because that's where I'll be living for the next eight months. So, hooray. I'm saluting you, Lieutenant Trahan. Lieutenant, that's so weird. You were just cadet. Um, (laughs) Brian. Yeah, I'll uh, put a plug in for... uh, the unauthorized biography of Superman written by uh, Lynn Weldon, which is available on uh, iTunes, Amazon, and from your favorite local actual bookseller. Um, it's a fairly light read, but it's a pretty comprehensive history of uh, Superman, the character, his, you know, his iconic roots, um, the things that influenced his creation and development, and in turn, his influence on pop culture, 
I would suggest any real, or excuse me, anybody who considers himself a real fan, or anyone who just has a history of the interest of, interest in the history of Superman, to give it a read, just so you'll have some idea as to just how badly we fucked up on this particular episode. Oh, uh, we always fuck it up. Uh, special thanks goes to uh, Karen, Christy, and uh, Chris Mitchell for doing stuff on the internet. Also, uh, Josh Van Valkenburg, because he's now, we've given him the reins of the Geek Fights Facebook page, and every now and again he'll post stuff on there too. Um, also, uh, how do, I, do you say also twice in a sentence? I don't think you do. But Mr. Jared Formby, for his amazing intros, uh, you can check him out at www.heystartrek.net and uh, super underscore Spock on the Twitters. Mike? Uh, you can find me every week on the Week in Geek video show on YouTube. Uh, you can find us at geekfights.net where you have show ideas, uh, lists. Well, I, I guess we, we haven't really finalized our upcoming episodes, but uh, the stuff that's on there is probably not going to get done. Uh, but there's links to the Facebook page, to the Twitter, to the... Uh, the one loan slash fiction that we ever actually received. Um, stuff like that. You know, now, Beppo, like, Crypto was a pet. So he was domesticated. He liked human beings. But Beppo was like a monkey being shot into space. He was basically some lab experiment chip that when he lands on Earth, he's going to be fucking pissed off. Well, That's actually, Beppo winds up going into the future. And finally, his own super team leaves him a super pet and uh, hangs out with uh, Crypto and Streaky and Comet and Crowley, too. Yeah, so see, even though he uh, really doesn't have a whole lot of reason to like humanity, um, he actually spends a lot of time fighting for the well-being. Now, he could have been secretly trying to uh, undermine the future of humanity or start his own monkey dictatorship or something like that. I, I don't uh, know. I think apes are sneaky little bastards. I'm sure that was part of, you know, in, in the, uh, in the, the post crisis universe, they should have actually had a, a Beppo that, that went into the future and just did lay waste everything with the other animals. They're all don't, still animals. Don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes and the zoom <laughs> network or like us on Facebook. Uh, and, and you know, one of the things about Beppo, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> Uh, if you'd like to be on the show, just contact us at geekfights at gmail.com or on Facebook or just show up on Skype, uh, especially Mondays. Was it Monday nights at seven ish? Not seven ish, well, 10 ish. Yeah. Eastern. 10 Eastern. That's when we do this. If you're available, just pop on. Come on. Uh, just send a uh, Joe fan 23, a, a like on, uh, on Skype and be like, Hey, can I, can I be on? I'll be like, yep, sure. Why not? Because we almost didn't have anybody for this episode, and then we had too much. <laughs> uh, but uh, that's all it takes to join the Legion of Geeks. Uh, next week is Best Moore movie, and then after that will be Best of Christopher Walken. <laughs> Any and all ideas are still welcome. I, I still want to do Best Special Needs Person. Mike is Mike is fighting against it. We might do it. <laughs> See, Chuck just giggled. We kind of have to do it. Uh, yeah. Thanks again for listening. Until next time. Keep fighting the geek fight. Good night.
Quincy Fries is there was no discussion of. What, what was yeah. it? Oh, I was just surprised there was no discussion of either streaky or um, comet super yeah. penises. See, we're, well, Streaky has a barbed penis, and that's fucking terrifying. Ooh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it just tears into things. And uh, I don't think anybody's really worried about Comet's giant horse cock. Horses don't mount people; people mount horses. Yeah, but it's we're not really a horse; it's a centaur. I guess I'm going to sleep. Yes, <laughs> good night, Chuck. It's her Thank pony slash boyfriend. Yeah, good yeah, night. Depending on the continuity, he is also super gross and lover. Yeah. Oh, it's my boyfriend it. and my pony. It's every she girl's dream. She wants a big horse cock. What were yeah, you saying, Greg? I'm saying I, oh, I was just right there talking about Comet the Super Horse. I'm on the DC Wikia, and the the picture that shows for Comet the Super Horse speaking about him being with Supergirl. The thought bubble in Comet's head reads. If I were a man, if I were free to tell her of my real feelings for a girl like that, I'd even give up all my superpowers. Yeah, creepy. Creepy, creepy, creepy. He's not that creepy. He's the ultimate brony. Yeah, I guess he is. (laughs) And and Supergirl rides him all the time. He probably took her virginity. Super virginity. (laughs) Well, she could break her super hymen on on comic super horse. Well, she yep. could she could actually break her own super hymen, couldn't she? Or yeah, does yeah, it, or does it, or is it one of those things like Superman? You can cut and hurt Superman, but he does eventually heal. So would her hymen heal? Because or or hopefully got, uh, that it broke beforehand, or she's a super virgin for the rest of her super life. Well, hymens well, I mean, don't heal, do they? No. But, so if it's not something that normally would heal in a person, I, then maybe it wouldn't well, affect. Well, she was also like engaged, right? I oh. mean, she would so pri- she was engaged on Krypton, so there there's good chance that you know she got into the backseat. Yeah, of she was sixteen when she twice. got here. Yeah. There, yeah. there is every it's possibility. Probably a shotgun wedding. Yeah. Well, see, but. Um, it's, it's, I, I, I guess I don't know what continuity. I guess that's the new one now. But but the the problem is, um, like Wolverine. What is her name? X two. Wolverine's daughter. Yeah. She she can never lose her virginity because even though the hymen isn't supposed to heal, it can, uh, and it will. So I'm still yeah. wondering, unless like. Streaky with his super horse cock, it's just just ramming it in there deep and hard until it can't heal, or you know she puts in a wine bottle or something else because you know who cares? Like how like it could heal, and she could be a super virgin forever, like uh, the one girl on True Blood, who's a super vampire virgin forever, who always loses oh, her. You, you know, even though it you know it, because it wasn't broken. Yeah, but I when, think we pretty much concluded that she uh, she lost it on Krypton. If she lost it on Krypton. She was a hot blonde 16-year-old. Yeah, but it was also the 1960s. Yeah, yeah, but they were a highly advanced society. Okay. Yeah, because today she's like she was like a hot blonde 19-year-old. There's there's a very good chance, you know. Yeah. Someone got her drunk at, you know, some Kryptonian frat party. And ran a train year. on her. Yeah, her freshman year of university. Okay, we can't put the and ran a train on her and me doing a <laughs> high five in the episode. 
I don't know. This uh, this this definitely sounds like the potential for our next piece of fan fiction. Uh, what Supergirl and Damon? I'm fine with that. Yeah. And her ripping off my penis with her super <laughs> vagina. Yeah, talk about the uh, man of Kleenex. Well, she she may not. Yeah, really. More than likely, uh, she's uh, 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 three way with Supergirl, Streaky, and Damon. No, oh god, that's even worse. His barbed penis just tearing me apart. But <laughs> yeah, because it wouldn't need a hole to rip into you. No, it wouldn't. It just he could just rip in. you to shreds with his pe- with his cat cock. His cat cock. Now that's and- fanfic. <laughs> And, and like Supergirl, like the one thing you wouldn't want to do with Supergirl is have her have an orgasm with you, like in any way, shape, or form. If you're fingering her, if you're eating her out, if you're, you're like, well, that's you're... no problem for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, like, I'm safe. I'm not gonna have to worry about Mike that. Mike does not like the sunfish. <laughs> the sunfish apparently, apparently gave a. Uh... Michael Douglas throat cancer. At least that's what he's saying. I'm sure. I'm sure Catherine Shades Jones is real fucking happy to hear that <laughs> shit. <laughs> it's your fault. I have cancer. You know. Oh, shut up. That's a nasty of yours. Wow. Could you? Yeah. Could you imagine what Kryptonian human papilloma virus would do to you? <laughs> All right. Her pussy I, I, would rip your tongue off too. Yeah. I know it. That's why you don't want to have. Like you can't have her have an. But you could like pound on her clitoris with a hammer, and she wouldn't feel it. No, you just get a lot of red light bulbs and just hope for the best. <laughs> I think she would feel it. <laughs> she could feel it. Huh. Because if she could feel vibration. Huh. Wouldn't yeah. hurt her. Yeah. You, you, just, you fuck her in like a you fuck her in like a room you develop film in. You can hope <laughs> a, for the best. <laughs> a lead a lead lined room. Yep. But I have to hang up because I have other things I need to do. Your call has been forwarded to an automated voice messaging system.